Welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show. This week we're covering the thorny topic of lithium. Is it a leader or is it a liar? And there are going to be some interesting things that we uncover here, not only in terms of the demand and pricing of this incredible commodity, but also in terms of the production. Is it as green as people think? Plenty to take away out of this, but more importantly, a wonderful, wonderful investment opportunity for those people that are savvy and looking through the right lenses. See you in the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my companion, Offsider, and co-host, Mr. Mitchell Renshaw. Thanks for having me on the show, Mr. Baxter. Absolute pleasure to be here. And I want to jump straight into this topic because there's plenty to cover in today's show. I'm actually quite proud of the headline I've come up with for today. That is Lithium, Market Leader or Liar? Oh, gee, that's a great headline. Obviously, in that SEO course we sent you on last week. And it is, it's a great question because, you know, people see lithium and, and, and by default from that, I suppose, electronic vehicles as being the savior of the planet. And uh, we've argued that ourselves amongst socially responsible investing in the past. So it's good to dive deeper on a niche. And this niche in particular, I think, is going to be one of the investment wild cards of the next couple of years. So if you're someone that's serious about wanting to make money um, and uh, and looking for a very, very strong growth market, this is the place. And of course, you know, here we are in Australia, bastion of the mining sector and resources. People talk about iron ore, they talk about coal, but in fact, lithium is also one of our major exports in terms of us being one of the dominant world producers. Well, there you go. There's something you learn every new, something learn, learn something new every single day. Mm. A good place to start with this is to get a little bit of a gauge on lithium as a whole in the industry as it stands is to talk about the historical performance mm. of lithium. In your eyes, how has it performed over the last, say, five or 10 years? Look, it's been a strong performer. Uh, and, and, and I think if you were to draw a chart uh, over electronic vehicle sales, we won't take Tesla as a proxy for that. That would be a lazy comparison, but <laughs> it's a pretty good one. Uh, if you looked at electronic vehicle sales and, and then overlaid the chart on lithium, uh, uh, in terms of price movement, they'd be fairly closely correlated. So what are the numbers? I'm sure you've dug them up. I have dug the numbers, as you know, the analyst I am. So lithium, L-I-T, the, the global lithium ETF, mm. one that anyone can trade. This is the one that's traded in the US. So this is L-I-T as traded in the US as correct. opposed to L-I-T here in Australia. That's correct. So the global ETF, but it is mm. listed in the States. Now over the year to date, that's up 140%. It was. Year to date. Now take the last five years, it's up nearly 300%. Now, that lithium ETF, that same one that's had that insatiable amount of growth, is actually on average the third highest returning global ETF in the world. Well, there you go. So and it is a e very strong performer. It is, and we know ETFs have been such a, a growth area within markets too, so clearly we're on the hot button. I'm going to trump you there. I'm going to talk about a great Australian story here, okay. uh, which was a small cap and is now a bigger small cap. And that's a company called Vulcan. We've got some tremendous businesses here in Australia. Uh, you know, we've talked about you know, various companies in payment services, for example, that have, that have done well. But here's a stonker. 5,000% jump in its share price. And this VUL is the code Vulcan. Wow, 5,000% yeah. over how long? Over a very short period of time. You have a look at the chart. It's, wow. uh, it's an absolutely incredible run it's had. And, and, and not only has it had a great performance, and you think, well, that's it, it's done its thing. Um, but intertwined, I suspect, with our talk today, you'll see that what an important part it could potentially play uh, in the go forward. By no means buy sell recommendation on that stock. It's just one to watch, and uh, it's about, I think it's about ten bucks a share at the moment. Gee, and I thought Tesla was doing well up two thousand percent in five years, but five thousand percent in that time—that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's been a great run. So let's get into the what's been driving the market and and so on. So what have you got for me? Well, lithium really does have a really high expected growth rate. So looking at the numbers here. Um, it's currently an industry size of about 4.9 billion. So it is a, a large industry as such at the moment. With that as well, it's actually expected to grow at 2% per annum for the next seven years. 
and you take more specifically lithium batteries, they're actually expected to grow by a whopping 36% per annum mm. through to 2030. Yep, I think, I mean, those, everything is pointing to a growth trajectory like that. I think demand for lithium is forecast to double over the next four years. So even though it's grown tremendously, um, you know, and earlier on in the podcast series, we talked about litmus testing and looking at something, whether it's a bigger part of the future or, or whether it's a smaller part of the future. And, and lithium most certainly is a far bigger part of the future than most people would probably have a gauge on and they think, well, it's already done its thing. Not at all, it's still a growth story, which in all fairness is probably embryonic and just getting started as opposed to coming around the last bend down towards the finish line. So an exciting time to be looking at this, that's for sure. A great story thus far and certainly one mm. to, to watch into the future. Now, just out of interest, AB, we can talk about electric cars and lithium's mm. use there, but. That aside, what other industries or, or sectors actually rely on lithium as a growth source? So any, anything that's battery powered effectively uh, and, and, and technology within battery, um, yeah, battery uh, type technology. I think not that long ago it was lead acid batteries. In fact, <laughs> I think the Australian Navy is still contemplating using those in the new generation of submarines, even though it's technology that's 50, 60 years out of date already. Um, but lithium ion, uh, particularly is in the battery space, uh, a very, very broad uh, use of that particular resource. And it's interesting to see, you know, uh, where it's refined, where it's used, what other things actually go into into it as well. So um, I think about ninety three percent of the world's lithium is actually uh, is refined and, and resold. So we mine it, we dig it out of the ground, we then sell it to China. It's then refined and we buy it back at a higher cost. Uh, with it, obviously, with it having been refined, I think China digs about six percent out of the ground, but it's ninety three percent of the world's lithium market actually is out of China based on the refining that goes on there. They'd be making a fortune out mm. of that, surely. And, and, and look at where the uses of this are. Um, and we've talked about Tesla and cars for a moment. You know, if we look at the European market, and, and Europe typically is at the vanguard uh, of things like environmental and, and cutting edge technology. And Germany is, you know, the world's largest, oh, sorry, Europe's largest economy, also the largest vehicle economy there. 20% uh, of electronic or, or vehicles sold in Germany now are electronic. Uh, 80% in Sweden, which is a staggering figure. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it's very much, uh, I think what we've seen is there's been growth and it's been expected, but it's actually that, that paradigm shift from the major European manufacturers to say, we will have non-carbon um, fuel propulsion for our vehicles within you know, a five or a 10 year period. You know, Jaguar have come out and done it, BMW have come out, big companies have come out and done this, um, is a commitment that's been made and you're seeing that come through in the demand now. So you know, if you look at Germany, 20% of vehicles sold there now um, are lithium-powered, lithium-ion-powered. So it's a tremendous demand and that figure is only going to increase as, as it becomes more and more embraced. It certainly doesn't look like slowing down anytime mm. soon from our research. Mm. What, what I want to cover with that is, I mean, it's all very good and well to say, you know, lithium's got expected growth rates of X, it's done so well in the past. We talk about some of the risks, as you mentioned, China being one of those, yep. controlling the majority of the market. Mm. Now, for those who, who don't know, lithium, lithium battery production requires cobalt to go mm. with it, mm. which two-thirds of the world's cobalt comes from the Republic of Congo. Very impressive, Mitch. I have done that. I'd love, to, I'd love you to pick the Republic of Congo on a map too. You can kind of <laughs> I don't reckon I'd know where it is. <laughs> In any case, what I do know is that there's a large amount of political risk associated Absolutely. with that. Mm. What could we see if something did happen to go wrong in that space? Look, I mean, with the big shift recently, obviously, is the change in administration in the US. And, and I think, uh, you know, the Biden-led administration is all for global trade, reducing tariffs, 
and getting the world uh, back on kilter following the four orange years of Twitter, uh, and, and you know, and sanctions here and, and, and tariffs there. So, you know, relations with China you would hope would improve on the back of that on a global basis, and obviously here in Australia we'd like to see that uh, pretty quickly, given the fact that we've sort of really borne the the, the, the brunt of the bite from that, with some, several industries here really being, to all intents and purposes, frozen out. Um, but it is a massive risk when you have such a, a crucial uh, component to world manufacturing and world growth effectively controlled by one market, you know, 90%, 93% is a lot of it. It's crazy. And like any commodity, there's that perfect balance between supply and demand that manages mm. prices. Yeah. Can we see that get out of hand either way, in your opinion? Look, there's a huge ramp up in lithium mining, and people think, well, has it overshot? And that was a story about 18 months ago. Oh, there's too much stuff coming on tap. Prices are weakened, but it's actually been the reverse. That, that growth and that continued growth trajectory is soaking up everything and more that comes out of the ground. Um, so, no, I don't think um, you know, we're at risk of oversupply at this point in time uh, because the demand is insatiable. So if that demand slows and we did see supply continue to push up, we would see a reduction in prices, right? Potentially, yeah. Theoretically. Obviously, there's limited countries and, and resources available and there's infinite demand in terms of this shift uh, towards a greener future uh, with non-petrol uh, driven cars. I'm not so sure, and I'm sure we'll get into it, just how environmental Well, that's, a perfect, that's, that's a perfect segue. Let's, yeah. let's start with that now. And you mentioned the word greener, mm. and the title of this podcast was Leader or Liar. Yeah. Now, we're not even saying that lithium is a whole lie, of course, but I know you've got some interesting statistics and some information to share with us. Yeah, look, it's uh, when you start to dig deeper on these things, and you know, just recently we did socially responsible investing, and, I, and I've got uh, a lady, I think, is going to come on our podcast in the not too distant future, uh, who's an environmental scientist, and it'll be really interesting interesting sort of getting uh, her take on this great great person I've spent a lot of time speaking to her with over the last sort of 12 months or so um, but looking at um, yeah the perception of lithium so lithium is mined and then effectively um, the traditional there's two ways of producing lithium chloride or hydroxide I'm obviously not a chemist but someone will correct this I'm sure um, we mine it and then it's and then it's basically roasted uh, to produce the, 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 the requirements for making lithium batteries now that roasting process, uh, which is largely done in China, uh, it really isn't environmentally sound at all. So give you an idea, there's around 15 tons um, of carbon dioxide uh, that's created per one ton of, of product. So you know, you've got a product that potentially is very environmentally uh, desirable from a car perspective, but there's 15 tons of carbon dioxide created in this roasting process over here. So you know, you'd want to have a reasonable duration out of your, your batteries and, and the lifespan of the lithium itself to offset that you know, substantial amount of carbon that's created on the on the manufacturing side of it. So really, is, is that kind of the, the answer to that question is you need to utilize that battery for long enough where it's, it's, its benefit offsets the initial mm. Yeah, that, that's, that's the idea. So, you know, one of the, I read this stat some time ago, and again, I'm sure someone will pick me up on the veracity of this. Um, you know, if you take a Tesla motor vehicle, for example, the goal there was to create something that's carbon neutral within seven years. So obviously there's carbon used in making aluminium and, and, and the lithium to go into it and all the rest of the componentry within the car. Uh, but the idea is that after seven years, years of using the car, the saving of emissions by it being electronic, um, more than offsets the carbon that was used to actually create it in the first place, giving right. you a, a neutral or offset position. Um, so yeah, 15 year, uh, fifteen tons of, uh, of carbon per, per one tonne of product is pretty gnarly. That's, that's one way, and that's how the vast majority um, of um, 
of lithium is produced, there is another mechanism, uh, which is more organic, you'll be pleased to know. Great. Uh, and that's where it's, it's a saline solution with it has lithium in and it's naturally evaporated. And that leaves you with a high concentrate ore that you can use for an evaporation process, which on the surface you think, well, that's fantastic. It's gonna be better than burning a heap of coal or whatever else it's Sounds like to it, do yeah. That particular process, that evaporation method, I believe is, I think it's the Atacama Desert, which in South America, it's actually the second driest place on the planet uh, that they do this process in. So there's no water there in the first instance, and it requires a large amount of water uh, in the production process in order to do that. So you know, when you sort of scratch the surface a little, um, you know, and this may be a little controversial, and I'm sure someone will come out that's a scientist or a chemist or whatever and say, well, actually, no, fellas, be your stats. We're trying to provide a bit of background here that all that glistens isn't always gold. There's a massive demand for the product. It's going to be a very lucrative space from a trader's perspective. From a socially responsible uh, investor's perspective, on the surface, it looks a better alternative than carbon fuel, which it probably is. However, it's not as green as people think when you actually dive deeper and look at the actual production processes that are used uh, in order to actually get that ore to a state that it can be used in for battery purposes. And they're really good parallels, inch wide, mile deep, mm. as, we, as we love to say. Mm. I guess from an investor's point of view, if you did have a particularly bullish view on lithium, mm. where's the best place to get exposure? Is it in an ETF like LIT or is it more stock specific? Look, it depends on your profile for risk as a starting point, and I think it also depends on your profile um, for skill. Um, if you're just wanting a shopping cart of all things lithium, definitely go to the exchange traded fund. You're going to get a diluted performance, but you're going to be in a, in, in, I hate to use this term, but largely a safer type of asset sure. by virtue of its diversification. However, if you've got stock specific views uh, and you can foresee certain companies, and Vulcan was one we mentioned earlier, you know, they're opening or looking to open a plant in Germany, you may as well be right next door to where your market is. Um, yeah, these companies are very, very focused, but they're very narrow in terms of the niche they are. So the performance is stellar, but there's also a high level of risk that comes from there. So, you know, you can go the pick and mix and go in the, the ETF, or you could just go, no, I'm just having, you know, um, gums and that's me over here. And you run the risk, of course, if that company doesn't perform, uh, that you may end up, you know, not necessarily profiting or in fact losing on, on this particular uh, scenario. And once again, I know we've covered this in previous podcasts before, when it comes to investing in stock specifics, mm like it in this space, yeah. valuation is really tough. You talk about Tesla yeah. and their valuation. I think Tesla at one point was the most shorted stock. It was, yeah, US and, and, and its valuation is technically infinite because you've got no profit yet. You've got a, a company by market capitalization that's valued at the entire, more than the entire <laughs> uh, car industry globally, which means either um, they're gonna be bigger than the entire car industry globally, or their cost of production is next to nothing, or the profitability, which at this point in time is not really being shown, uh, is gonna be there. So really the valuation is based on expectations of what's coming down the line. Similarly, with a company that's had a stellar run in its share price, you think, well, it's already gone you know, buy low, sell high, but there's no more buying high and selling higher. And if the, um, if the expectations of what's coming down the pipe in terms of both demand and growth in the market, um, then there's no reason why these companies can't grow from where they are now with equal velocity. Uh, which would be fantastic to see. And yeah, there are a few Australian companies, I've just mentioned one, but there are several in that space. And it's great to see again, Aussie homegrown stuff. Let's buy Australian, let's look at some Aussie stocks. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and seeing them really excel in the world markets. And uh, as I say, that's an interesting one. I think they've actually just appointed um, a director, a former director of Tesla onto their board themselves to have that sort of gap bridge between production and the car industry, which is of course their major market. Sounds like a great story. Sounds like a good investment too at this stage. Could be, do your own research, have a look at the chart. It's pretty hard to pin the tail on something when it's gone up by that much. But sure. just because it's gone up by that much, it's gone up for a reason. And that's because it's got a, a, a 
a, a space in the market. But by and large, I think you know lithium. You know, we'll be talking about this in a couple of years' time. Going, yeah, it turned out to be a you know a great place to be invested, uh, even though it may have seemed expensive at the time. Um, you know, it's rather like buying beachfront property. It's always going to be expensive. But when you go through a bull market run that we've seen in property right now, it might have been expensive when you bought it, but now it's mega expensive. And for the person buying it now, and it's mega expensive in ten years' time, it'll be uber expensive. So sure. yeah, there's a momentum behind these things. There's a demand, and there is limited supply, and that's what drives price high. And how would you recommend doing your research on these specific companies in the lithium space? I think you know, for a lot of people, you've got to find something that resonates with you. If you're a part-time investor that just wants to put some cash into the market and, and have it fairly passive and not need to watch it, go the ETF every day of the week. That's what it's designed for. And we can certainly facilitate that transaction, even though it's trading in the US, we can handle that for you with an Aussie broking account here. It's really, really simple. Um, if you're going more stock specific, then yes, you are gonna to have to roll the sleeves up. I think on a lot of these companies, looking at traditional measures, fundamentals, PEs and things like that are very, very hard to use, uh, especially if they're at the embryonic stage because the earnings simply aren't there to support the price. Uh, but looking deeper into the story, seeing how strong management are, uh, what the business plan looks like, what customers they already have, where the demand for their product sits are all important gauges for what's going on in the future because for an embryonic business that started well, it's only going to get better. If you're an embryonic business that's hoping to do something, that's a punt, that's red or black, heads or tails, that's not my game. But if you've got something that's that's starting to build momentum and has got genuine contracts in play and, and is, is starting to garner market share, then that's really the sort of play I personally would be looking for, that's for sure. Well, there we go, you heard it here first, mm. expert expert analysis on that. Well, thanks very much, AB. We've covered you know where lithium is, where it's going, and then some of the risks associated mm. with that. What are your final words to cap off the broadcast? Look, there are, there, are, there are things that we always look back in the rear view mirror and go, oh, could have, would have, should have, you know, could should have bought Tesla when it looked like it was going out of business at a couple hundred bucks a share before it went to 1400 and so on. Um, yeah, this is one of those where there's such a robust fundamental story globally that's being pushed in terms of demand for, for alternate to fossil fuel energy for, for vehicles in particular, and lithium is perfectly placed for that. Uh, there are strategic risks in there, specifically with China, so depending on your take on geopolitics, um, that may well be a concern. As I say, with the Biden administration, you'd expect to see that those uh, concerns, the heat of those concerns gets dampened down some and we return to, to businesses as usual, hopefully. Um, also, you know, just seeing that groundswell of demand in and how much more quickly uh, it's come through in Europe in particular, as I say, 20% of vehicles in Germany are now non-carbon powered. 80% in Scandinavia, which comes as no surprise, but you know, Scandinavia is a much smaller market. Germany is a big economy, so that's a big story. So it is happening. You can see it's happening now. So there's genuine momentum there. The hardest thing, as I say, for investors is when something's already had a run, is deciding to pin the tail on it. And this isn't a short-term play. It will be a long-term play. It's a two, three, five-year play that you're looking at. So if you've got some cash you're looking to park to the side and you're happy to sit back, and I'm not a buy and hold investor, as you know, but when you get a theme like this, I think it's important to look through different lenses than the trader's frame of, let's get in, let's get out, let's scalp this. That's actually, this is more of a long-term build asset and that's very much where it would sit in my portfolio. Well there you go, market leader or liar, I think we can say market leader today on Lithium. Thanks very much Mr B, absolute pleasure. Plenty covered in today's session, a lot of good statistics and certainly some great advice. Thank you very much. Pleasure Mitch, anytime. There you have it guys, leader or liar, give us a review or rating and we will see you on next week's show.